Hi guys, this is your host, Aaliyah Dunham with Assisting to the Game. I have um, a former college athlete and a professional basketball player, Jarrett West, here today to interview. How are you, Jarrett? I'm good. I'm happy to be on the show. How are you? I'm good. Can't complain. Um, can you uh, tell the listeners who may not know um, a little bit about yourself? Um, my name is Jared West. I'm from Clarksburg, West Virginia. Um, I went to Notre Dame High School, small single-A school um, down here in Clarksburg. And then um, I chose my college, uh, Marshall University, to play basketball there for four years. Uh, transferred to Louisville for one, and now I'm getting my professional career started. I just finished up in New Zealand, um, and just I'm moving forward in the professional world right now. So I'm just trying to get used to everything, get acclimated to everything. But um, I'm an aspiring coach one day. Hopefully, something mm-hmm. I'll do down the line, and um, so, so we'll see. But uh, that's really all I got. Yeah, I'm glad that you you were able to take the time to uh, join on here today. Um, kind of going off of your history, you know, your father played college basketball. You have a younger brother that's going to play college basketball. Um, what made you choose Marshall initially, um, especially because your dad played at West Virginia? And, and that's kind of a rival, like rivalry right there. And then you're, you're how far is Clarksburg from uh, Morgantown itself? Uh, 35, I'd say, about 35 minutes. 40 so hours. right, right hometown. Um, yeah. No. So how, how did that come about? Um, Coach Dan, he had just got the job, I want to say, when I was like a freshman in high school, maybe. Mm-hmm. So he was kind of mixing up the roster a little bit. He was changing up the roster, Marshall, like when he first got there mm-hmm. and um, kind of trying to find his guys. But they were the first school to offer me. They offered me my sophomore year, spring and sophomore year. So I was about 15. And that went a long way for me, you know, and mm-hmm. I like coaches a lot. Coach Dan, Coach Klein, um, Coach Duhon, they were really big in my, like, in me wanting to go there. I really liked them a lot. I built a close relationship with those guys. And, um, you know, I still stay in touch with them and things like that. So it was, um, the main reason was just, like, I felt like they were loyal to me. Being the first school to offer me, they really wanted me. Mm-hmm. And, um that was really important to me because I just wanted to go to a school that I felt like I was wanted at. And um, I had a good opportunity to, uh, to step in and succeed. So um, that was really the main reason I went there. Yeah. You mentioned uh, you had a great opportunity to step in um, right away and you did, you made an immediate impact as a freshman. Uh, Can you kind of touch on that? Like, you know, where was your mind going into your freshman year? Yeah. So going into my freshman year, I was coming off, um, I was super confident going into my freshman year because we just won the state championship my senior year and I won player of the year. So I was like ready to go, you know, like mm-hmm. super juiced up, super excited to play. Um, but I had to kind of change the way that I played a little bit and change my role because mm-hmm. like there were some really good guys on the team, like especially guard wise, like John Elmore, CJ Burks, uh, Rondell Watson, like those guys were all like red shirt juniors. Yeah. We've been playing college basketball for multiple years and have been proven players. So for me, it was like, okay, I'm not going to come in and have the ball in my hands as much as I did in high school, you know, playing mm-hmm. point guard my whole life. So I know I had to change my game a little bit and like kind of fit into what John and CJ and those guys wanted to do. Um, because I knew that they were going to have the ball most of the time. So um, for me, it was just about, like, kind of finding my niche, you know, playing my role, which defensively was the main thing for me. I wanted to come and make an impact on defense. But then also, like, being able to shoot at a high rate was important for me because I knew I was going to be off the ball more so than I've ever had. Yeah. Than I'd ever had been. So um, that was really the main thing for me. I was just trying to find my niche, find my role early on, and then kind of go with it. Okay. Um. So you mentioned, you know, you played with John Elmore. Um, I think with Stevie Browning on that team as well. Uh, no, Steve had just graduated. But he I, just graduated. Okay. We, we played okay. with Steve in the summer, though, like when I was there. Like he worked out with us a lot and stuff like that. Okay. Well, you played with some high-level um, players at the time. You know, you guys, you were like one of the other players 
you and Dom was like the only players that played um, almost every single game as a freshman. Uh, you came in, made an immediate impact. Um, you mentioned, you know, your defensive attributes. Would you say that's your biggest attribute um, in your game? Or is there something else you kind of like to focus on? That's probably what sticks out the most, I'd say. I feel like uh, most people would probably say that. Mm -hmm. um, I think sometimes my defense has a tendency to overshadow the rest of my game. Mm -hmm. But that's not really a bad thing. You know, I pride myself in being a two-way player. So, and defense is something I really take pride in. So, um, that's probably the, the thing that sticks out the most. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think there's other areas as well. <laughs> Nah, I uh I enjoy watching you play. Um, like you said, you're from Clarksburg. I'm from Charleston, so we didn't play um in the same, you know, division in high school. Um, but I always was at the state tournament. Always enjoyed watching you play, and I noticed that like <laughs> you have a little like secret to your defensive uh like I don't know. You just do something on defense. Like always, <laughs> you always catch them. Like it's like. They, like, go for a spin, and you somehow come, like, behind and tip it every mm -hmm. single time. And I know they watch film, and I know they're like, hey, like, he's going to get this, but it doesn't matter. It's like every game you get at least one. Um, and I know, yeah. you know, watching, I was like, I, like, try to watch you because I'm like, he could play defense. like, mm -hmm. But you also can shoot at a very high level. Um, if you watch <laughs> your game, you're like, that man can shoot too. So yeah. I think uh, I like how you mentioned, like, you have other attributes besides defensive game to your your game. Um, did you know that you were uh, top 100 in the nation in, in steals your freshman year? I did. Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty good stat right there. Because yeah. uh, a lot of people, a lot of people try to focus on uh, offensively stats. They don't really um, look at the little things like steals or you know rebounds and assists. Uh, they they always tend to look at you know who scores the most. Um, but I think I think you you should focus on like those little things like defense wins games. Um, at the end of the day, you have to be able to stop the ball. Um, so again, talking about your freshman year, because um, that was a really big year. You guys won uh, your conference championship, and you guys made it to the NCAA tournament. Can you um, kind of speak on that experience? Because a lot of people don't get to get that. Like you know, a lot of people go all four four or five years of their college career and never even see the NCAA tournament and you was able to do that your freshman year. Yeah, man, that, that, that two weeks was like the craziest two weeks of my life. Like we were just on a high that like you couldn't bring us down, you know, yeah. it's so surreal. Like winning the conference tournament first off, it was crazy. Like yeah. we were the four seed, I believe, and we're expected to play middle Tennessee and they were the one seed, like they're back-to-back -back conference champions, like back-to-back -back mm -hmm. first round upsets in the uh, previous NCAA tournaments. And they had like a really good team. We were the only team to beat them that year in conference USA. So we were expecting to play them, but like we ended up getting Southern Miss, who was also like, they had a good team too. And then we had lost to Western Kentucky twice in that regular season. So we got like third time the charm against them. <laughs> tournament you know what I mean it was a crazy game we were up like 13 with like two and a half minutes left uh -huh. we cutting it to one like it was crazy was <laughs> a lot of things happened that last two minutes but we held on it was just such a surreal moment you know it's like it's something you always dream of as a kid like watching the tournament filling out your bracket and things like that it's like yeah I just want to do this someday you see the atmosphere and the vibe and like the like the just how much attention is brought to the tournament, you know, and you just want to be a part of it. And then that moment hits where you like, we're going to be there next week. And it's crazy, you know what yeah. I mean? And then like, it's still weird though, because you got to go back home and like practice and like prepare for whoever you play. So it's not like the season's over, but we got our draw, like the, um, what's it called? Selection Sunday, the show mm -hmm. we had at the camp, like that was crazy, like it was packed. Like, we saw our name up there. We got Wichita State in San Diego. Like, we're super lit. Yeah. Ready to go. You know what I'm saying? That was on, like, Sunday. We probably left on Monday or Tuesday. Mm -hmm. We played Wichita in uh, San Diego State. I think it's called Viejas Arena. Mm -hmm. Beautiful gym. Like, 
not a bad seat in the house. It was crazy. And then, like, back and forth game with them the whole game. Then we ended up, like, pulling off an upset. And that was just another, like, crazy thing that added on to the high that we were already on. So, and then we lost to West Virginia in the round of 32. But, like, that two weeks was, like, crazy. Like, we just had a great two weeks. We had a great run. Like, John's in crazy shots. <laughs> lobs. We're dunking. Like, we're just lit, you know? The yeah. Fans, the fans traveled, like, super well. Like, we got our own section in San Diego State all the way across the country because, like, our fans are going crazy. So, uh, yeah, it was a great experience. It's something I'll never forget, for sure. Yeah, I definitely um, remember. I think I, like, caught the end of the uh, conference championship game. Um, I want to say I remember you, like, losing your shoe in that game, was that that game or was that, that a different game? That okay, was a different okay. game. Okay. Um, I did do something wild that game though. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely remember like catching that game and then like watching it all go down like after you guys won. Because, um, you know, like most of your kids was hometown kids. So it was kind of um, exciting for me to watch you guys. I was, you know, a freshman myself. So and then I remember you guys playing West Virginia. And like to me, that's a big game. Um, yeah. you know, any person that's from West Virginia, that was a big game because you guys used to West Virginia and Marshall used to play every single year. Then they kind of eliminated that yeah. growing up. Um, so that that was something we hadn't seen in a while. And this this was happening at the NCAA tournament. I mean, you would hate to see the teams, you know, two local teams go against each other. But it also was like, you know, a wow factor because you both made it to the NCAA tournament. And not everyone makes that. Um, and I remember being in college, you know, literally putting the TV on in the living room and all my uh, teammates was watching. And I'm like, yeah, I, you know, these these kids are from West Virginia. Um, and, you know, being excited to watch you guys play. I thought that was pretty cool. And I know um, for you, that was probably the highlight of your career, maybe, um, to uh, make well, it there. Definitely was, for sure. Crazy. <laughs> Like you said, it was a crazy two weeks. I can only imagine um, trying to stay calm and cool and collected throughout that uh, two weeks period because, you know, you're like you say, you were on a high um, and emotions are pretty, probably pretty, pretty, really high on that because you're you're so excited that you made it there um, that it's kind of hard to like lock in. Um, mm -hmm. Do you think do you struggle with like locking in like when the excitement is there? Or are you pretty, like, doubted? Like, you know how to, like, cut out all of the distractions. Like you said, your fans was traveling. Um, everyone, you know, West Virginia, everyone in West Virginia was rooting for you guys. So I know your phone was blowing up. Like, mm -hmm. how is that to lock in? Like, are you someone that could just, you know, put all the distractions away and be really set in? I'm, I'm, I'm normally pretty good at that, I'd say. Like, we knew what we were, like, what we had to do that week. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, we definitely enjoyed it, no question. Yeah. But I feel like as a team, we did a good job of locking in. Like we had a couple of good practices before we went out there. Mm -hmm. When we went out there, we also had a couple more. I think we only maybe got to practice on the court like one time. Mm -hmm. It was a good practice. Um, but yeah, like I was just, I was locked in because you know that not a lot of people have that opportunity and you never know when it could be your last opportunity. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for me, it was like I didn't make it back after that, after that tournament run. So, um, and then we ended up getting an upset win. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, like, I feel like we did a really good job um, of being locked in. I thought I was pretty prepared and pretty locked in as well. So, I had a solid game against Wichita. So it was a good, it was a good time. But uh, yeah, I thought I thought the whole team did a good job of that. Uh, yeah. Um... You mentioned how you guys didn't make it back uh, the rest of your college career. Um, I know that's something you, you always strive for after the fact was you, you know, like the next year, your sophomore year, when you guys didn't make it, did that kind of discourage you or did that add fuel to the fire? Yeah, it was more motivation than anything. Like definitely some frustration mm -hmm. um, because we felt like we had the team that could do it. Mm -hmm. And the expectation that we had was to go back. Yeah. So, um, but I think, I think it was more fuel to the fire for me and for the other guys, um, just because when you get a taste of what the NCAA tournament feels like, mm -hmm. atmosphere and like being on TV and 
like all the interviews, the police escorts, like all that stuff. Like you just want to get back, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that's something again that you always dream of as a kid. So the, I think it was more motivation in that off season than anything for me. Um, just because I wanted to get back to the tournament so bad, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, it was tough because we didn't get to make it back, you know, which made it hard. That was that was frustrating for sure. But, um, you know, again, it's part of it. Yeah. I mean, I can I can definitely touch on the frustration of not not making it, you know, even, you know, pretty well off in our in our conference tournament. Um, so and I know I know the feeling of like we have the team we can you know, we're supposed to be there. Yeah. Uh, quit falling short every time. Uh, what would you say you tried to focus on each year building up after the fact of like, we fell short this year, what should we do next year? Like, what did you try to add and change differently each year? Um, if you can remember. Yeah, I think for me, it was just like, really just trying to mature my game and just get better overall. Like my freshman and sophomore year, I knew I was going to have this a similar role because mm-hmm. we had pretty much the, the same team coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, as I got older, junior and senior year, I knew I was going to have to make a jump. So a lot of it for me was just the preparation and just really getting better, like being able to play high-volume minutes with a higher usage rate, you know what I mean? Having to do more offensively with mm-hmm. the ball in my hands, creating on offense, being able to shoot. Um, but also, like, a lot of game film and stuff, trying to slow the game down. Um knowing like what decisions to make, knowing what the reads are mm-hmm. and things like that. So a lot of it was on court preparation. Yeah. A lot of it was also like preparation in the film room um, for my mental capacity as well. So it was a lot of things that I did um, to try to get better, to try to get that advantage and grow. And I feel like I did a pretty good job of that. But um, yeah, the off season was a big, big deal for me just because you have all this time. Mm-hmm. And you- grow and get better yeah and and for someone who watched your game again you know from high school all the way up I definitely saw each year you you progressed and you got better and you matured into this like great point guard um you you were able to control the game at your own pace uh you didn't let anyone speed you up now on the flip side you sped everyone up um (laughs) and I just I, I I like how um you stepped in your role each year. Uh, I think a lot of people struggle, always mention this, I think a lot of people struggle with their roles um, throughout their college career. You know, everyone coming from high school, everyone's that go-to player. Um, And then you transition to college and if you're willing to play and you want to play, sometimes your roles change. Sometimes you may not shoot as many shots. You might get five shots now versus when you're in high school shooting 30 um, Mm. and, and trying to stay efficient in those five shots. Um, and, and being ready when it, when your number is called. Um, but I, I really like how uh, you stepped into that role. And and I want you to kind of speak on, you know, role play. Um, I know you, you touched on it a little bit, but can you tell listeners who may be um, younger than us and not really understanding what it means to, you know, step in that role and play in your role? Can you speak on that a little bit? Yeah, um, I mean, for me, it was just simple. Like, I wanted two things. Like, I wanted to play, mm-hmm. and I wanted to win games. Mm-hmm. And I knew for both of those to happen that I was going to have to find my role or find my niche. Um, there's actually, like, a video going around right now. Like, I think Draymond like Draymond has one. Pat Beverly has one out right now talking about, like, like knowing your role in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like that, like, and what they say is spot on, like, not many people especially in the college level and up like just get to do whatever they want like they have to fit in they have to find ways to fit in with those guys you know what i mean so there may be a couple guys who you know get more shots than others or have more freedom than others but like for the most part like a lot of guys just got to have a role you know what i mean Mm -hmm. they got to rebound hard they got to play defense they got to run the floor they got to facilitate the offense you know things like that and I think it really comes down to like do you want to play and do you want to win games you know what I mean because you have to be able to because the thing is too like you don't you can't only just like find your role but you have to be able to excel 
in your role. Like you got to find ways to, to, to be impactful in your role. You know what I mean? So you can't be a spot shooter shooting like sub thirties. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're just a spot shooter and that's your role, like I'd be aiming for 40. Yeah. You got to knock it down. Yeah, exactly. So I think for me, it's just like, like as a freshman, I just wanted to play. Mm -hmm. And I was like super confident and like, I wanted to win so bad. It was just like, I just want to step in and play right away. So like, what do I need to do to do that? Yeah. Okay. I'm playing with two guys averaging 20 that play point guard and shooting guard. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm probably <laughs> not going to have the ball in my hands. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, and you found it and I found out pretty quickly, like how good those guys were when you first get to school. So it's like, okay, like these guys are really good. They're three years older, two or three years older. Like they've played here. They've been here. I got to find my own way to like be productive and give myself a chance to play, but also help the team win. So yeah. I think those are the two most important things really. Yeah. Um, also on that same, you know, topic, uh, did you have anyone from your outside sources, you know, social media, friends, family that kind of like didn't understand that role and would always question like, Jared, why aren't you shooting the ball? Or like Jared, you know, like, why why are you why are you doing this versus that you know in high school you you scored 30 or um whatnot because I know you know for my own instance like you said you wanted to play so you quickly become whatever that role might be and for me that was a facilitator um I was in the game to control the game and you know get everyone else open so I might be the third fourth option versus when I was in high school I was the first option right and people don't understand, like, the transition of wanting to play. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, like, you know, Leah was this person in high school. But, like, now she, you know, she doesn't score the ball or, or you know, what what's going on? And, yeah. um, but they don't understand, like, no, like, this is how I'm, I'm, I'm playing. Like, this is, this is, I'm, I'm changing my role because I want to win. I want to play. Um, but I always heard that outside noise of, like, you need to shoot the ball or you need to do this, you need to do that. Um, did you have any of that, you know? Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> like, especially for the people, like, there's a lot of people who don't really understand. So, like, I try not to hold it against them because they just yeah. don't get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, even sometimes there'll be people that, like, they get it and they see what you did previously. Mm-hmm. And they just want you to be successful. So they may, you know what I mean? Yeah. Say things like that. Like, Aaliyah, like, like, why are you not shooting this and that? And it's like, it's hard to explain to them in the moment. Like, you don't see what's going on on a day-to-day basis. You mm-hmm. don't really understand what I'm trying to do here. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Um, and it's definitely hard because mm-hmm. when you feel like you have the ability to do more than what is necessary. Yeah. You can be tempted to step outside of what it is you're called to do. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And from people who don't see what we do regularly, they're like, I mean, there's multiple games, especially in my first two years where I would play 35 plus minutes and easily shoot below six times. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're like, what is he doing? And I'm yeah. just like, but they don't understand. You know what I yeah. mean? So like you, you may see something. They may text you. They may call you. Mm-hmm. They may you may see something on Twitter. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, you gotta relax. You know, like and it's stuff like that. But again, you gotta have the maturity to be able to deal with that in your own way. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you can't let that stuff affect you. Um again, I'm not saying it's not it's not it's hard. You know what I mean? It was, it's not an easy process, but um, it's what you have to go through if you want to contribute, if you want to find playing time, if you want to have a successful career. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, like your coach is the one making the decisions. <laughs> Absolutely. So if you want to step out, okay, like step out if you want to, but you better, you better be really, really good and really, really certain in yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that you can do what you're trying to do because if not you can find yourself sitting really quick exactly <laughs> so, uh yeah it's tough but it's part of it 
No. And I, and thank you for speaking on that. Um, you know, for listeners who, you know, may have children, um, or players who are, who are listening, you know, this is something that, you know, not only did I go through, you go through Jared, and I'm sure probably every college athlete has gone through because again, roles change, you know, you're so used to being the best and then you put everything together with other people that are supposed to be the best things change quickly. And, and you don't realize that until you're in that situation and people may not understand that if they're never in that situation. So thank you for speaking on that. Um, Going back to your college career, you know, you guys, you said you didn't make it um, back to the NCAA tournament, but besides that, you still had um, a great career. And, you know, you were a thousand point score um, at, at Marshall. Uh, you know, you was the career leading assist, I think. Um, yeah. And can you, uh, like, what, how did that make you feel? You know, you came in, immediately made an impact. And then you also left, you know, in the record books um, at your, you know, at your college. Yeah, it's not hometown, but you're a local kid. Um, like, how does that make you feel uh, at the end of the day when you left Marshall? Um, so, first of all, it's Steels. Oh, still, 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 yes. All time, all yes. time, steals. Yes. Um, but it's, you know, it was very like humbling to me to, to think about the career that I had at Marshall. Like, you go through all that stuff that we just talked about, and it's like, not many people can say they had the career that I had in four years. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And that meant a lot to me, especially being from West Virginia. Like, um given the opportunity to play, like I just wanted to be successful, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I worked hard at it and I, like I, I enjoyed Marshall so much. Like I loved Marshall, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I wanted to win so bad that I was just trying to do everything that I could for the team to win. Yeah. But it, it meant a lot to me, you know, like being all time steals leader, um, being a four year starter, um, being up there in assists and things like that, making it to the tournament, winning the CIT championship as a sophomore. Like, uh, there's a lot of things that I was a part of in my four years that that made the program better or made it successful, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I took a lot of pride in that. And that meant a lot to me, um, especially being from West Virginia, you yeah. know, um, seeing other players from West Virginia be successful and playing with other players from West Virginia be successful also that stuff means a lot to me. So um, I, it was very humbling to me to to be a part of that, mm-hmm. and be considered um, a great player at Marshall. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm extremely blessed that I got that opportunity. Yeah. Well, I definitely want to congratulate you on, you know, your four years at Marshall. Again, I watched you growing up um, and then your college career. And like you said, not a lot of people – have a great career like you did at Marshall. Uh, your name's in the record books. Uh, you put, uh, you were a part of the team that put Marshall on the map, you know, NCAA tournament. Um, so you, you definitely had a great four years. Now transfer, I mean, trans translating to another area of your college career, um, COVID year, you got an extra fifth year um, for those who are listening and you may not know, but uh, after COVID, every NCAA granted everyone an extra year. Um, you could grad transfer, you could transfer without sitting. Um, and a lot of people like myself st- decided to grad transfer to another program. Um, you decided to do that. Uh, can you tell me um, what, you know, what was the initial decision on that? You know, where was your mind at when you went into the transfer portal? Yeah, it was hard. It was mm-hmm. really a hard decision, honestly, because I, like I said, I just love Marshall. Mm-hmm. And it felt like home to me, and it still is, you know. Yeah. Like, I love those guys, you know, mm-hmm. like playing with the teammates that I was playing with. Mm-hmm. I felt like super close relationships with those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, the coaches, I had a good bond with them. Like, I stay in touch with them. Yeah. But just, like, being at being in Huntington is just – it just feels like home, you know. Yeah. So it's really hard to leave. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, for me, it just felt like I had an opportunity that – I always dreamed of, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like playing at that level, again, not a lot of people can say that they play at that level, you know, mm-hmm. and to play at, at that level 
in those conferences, in those big arenas and things like that, like <clears throat> it's an experience that I, I wouldn't have been able to have otherwise, you know, yeah. like I got to experience things um, at Louisville that I probably wouldn't have seen at Marshall. Yeah. Right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, for me, it was just an opportunity. You know, I just wanted the opportunity to play and compete at the highest mm-hmm. level, which is something I always wanted to do, something I always dreamed of. And um, I was confident in my abilities. I believed in myself. I thought I, I, I always felt like I could play at that level, even mm-hmm. out of high school. So um, I just felt like I had an opportunity, and um, I just went with it. Yeah. And, you know, your your career, your I mean, your stats spoke for itself. Um, And I think even your top three speaks for itself. I think it was, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Louisville, Ohio State, and uh, Pittsburgh. Um, And those three are, you know, big time schools in in good conferences. Uh, So, you know, being able to have the opportunity of playing in a bigger bigger arena, like you said, um, you know, things are different. Even uh, for me transferring from Big East to Marshall, like things were different. Um, not in a bad way necessarily, but you just experience things that you may not experience, you know, in a different conference, you know, each conference has different budgets or they travel to different locations. Um, and you, it's just little things like you experience that you never knew at a different conference. Um, so when you, when you decided to transfer, uh, what between your top three, how did Louisville stand out the most? Like, the main reason that they probably stood out the most is because, number one, like, the main reason was they were just, like, constantly, like, texting me and, like, calling. Mm -hmm. Like, as soon as I entered the transfer portal, like, I got a FaceTime. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that went a long way for me because it felt like they really wanted me to be there, you know? Mm -hmm. And, again, I just want to be somewhere where they want me, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't want to be somebody's second, third, fourth option, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want to be their guy. And that was kind of what it felt like to me. You know, that was the thing that stood out to me the most. I mean, again, not that those others, not the pit and Ohio State didn't do a great job of, like, recruitment and stuff. Like yeah. That. But it was just, they just stood out in that way to me, you know. And um, not to mention, like, Louisville was a top 10 basketball program, top seven, you know, like, close to top five. Mm-hmm. program of all time yeah. and it's just like to have that opportunity you know what I mean you walk in there national championship banners jerseys retired like things like that mm-hmm. like <clears throat> it all goes into the experience you know what I'm saying and that was just something that it was hard to turn down for me you know and yeah. that, those things stood out to me that's really why I picked that at the end of the day yeah and and like you said uh you always chase like that high again of making it to the NCAA tournament. And here, here you are um, being recruited heavily by a team that, you know, has banners up, you know, every time you walk in the gym, that's the first thing you see. So I, I can understand, you know, you wanting to go there and you excited to put that, that Jersey on your name. And again, you made an immediate impact. You were, you were listed as the co-captain, um, you know, how did that, you know, how did that process work? Did Was there a voting system? You know, some people, some teams vote, you know, from their players or the coaches selected. Um, everyone has a different process. Uh, can you speak on the process that Louisville had for you to be chosen as the captain? Yeah, so the players vote. Okay. All the players vote. They, uh, like, they handed out a sheet of paper and they basically was, like, write down uh, one to three names or whatever. It could be mm-hmm. one, you could list three, like, mm-hmm. if you think should be – captain um but and that was all like right at the beginning mm. of preseason i believe or like right in the middle of preseason or something like that so <clears throat> most of that work was done in the summer yeah um and for me like it was just about earning the guy's trust you know what i mean mm-hmm. as an older guy um i just wanted to go in and prove that i could play but mm-hmm. also after I did that, I felt like it was important for me to use my voice and like kind of help people and um, do things from a leadership standpoint that maybe not everybody else is capable of doing or feel comfortable doing. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, that was, I would say, probably the reason that I stood out for captain was just um, 
trying to be the best leader that I can be. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. An older guy, someone who's been around for a couple more years than maybe some other guys. Just trying to help them, lead them, kind of let them know what it takes and stuff like that. But um, I'm just really just working hard. You know, I wanted to see those guys. I wanted those guys to see me work hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, for me, I respect somebody who grinds, you know what I mean? And puts the time in and does the right things and does the work. Mm -hmm. I respect that. So I just wanted them to see that out of me so they can respect me. And um, for the players to vote on that, that meant a lot because um, it's not like the coaches chose that, you know, it's yeah. like the players actually believed in me, like the people that I'm going to be on the court with believed in me. So that meant a lot to me. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll kind of, touch on like the leadership role and you know the respect that you gain but I know you must have felt you know really you know prideful after the fact because like you said you just got there um you spent you know your summer with them and it just shows like how great of a player you were you know on the court and off the court because you know a leader does think off the court as well um and that kind of speaks as a player you as a player, um, how well you, you do that because, you know, not everyone can be a leader. Not everyone knows how to speak to everyone. Not, you know, you can relate to people. Um, and then your, your work backs it up. Uh, and I know, you know, it's a, it's a good feeling when your teammates acknowledge that and then you're chosen, um, to be a captain again, cause not everyone gets that, that role. Um, everyone wishes they could get that role, mm -hmm. but not everyone is selected to do so. Yeah. And, uh, again, I, I can speak on to that. Um, again, uh, my senior year at, at Zave, we did the exact same thing, you know, write your top two people who, who you think would be a great captain. And, and I was selected. And, and again, it, it kind of um, shows who you are as a player, you know, and how, how your teammates feel about you. Um, and especially being point guards, like it just adds to the role. Um, mm -hmm. Can you speak a little bit? Was there any uh, challenges amongst that role? You know, everyone loves to have the title, but they don't understand, you know, the ups and downs of the title. Uh, can you speak about any difficulties that you had being, you know, listed as the co-captain? Yeah. Uh, I think you just said it. Like, a lot of people think they may want to be a leader or have that title. Mm -hmm. But um, – not everybody has what it takes, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Maybe not everybody quite understands really what goes into that. So mm -hmm. definitely a lot of challenges, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, sometimes being a leader is lonely, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like you may have a difference in opinion with some other people, but you got to be able to stand up and like stand on that, you know what yeah. I mean? Sometimes you got to get on guys that you don't, that may not be your personality or what mm -hmm. you want to do, but sometimes you have to, you know what yeah. I mean? Sometimes, like, you got to sacrifice or do more than somebody else in times where you don't want to do that. But mm -hmm. as the leader, that's what you have to do. That's what you're called to do. And, you know, there's there's a lot of challenges of being a leader. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you got to be comfortable enough with yourself and strong-minded enough to to continue to do what you do on a daily basis and not let other factors wait like deter you from being the leader that you're supposed to be yeah again the players voted on me to be a captain so i can't not show up one day because i don't feel like it you know what i'm saying like they're the ones who voted me i gotta be there for them yeah so, um there's definitely a lot of challenges for sure but um you know i like to embrace those challenges i think it makes me a better person a better leader and a better player so um, again, I'm still learning. You know what I mean? I learned a lot about myself this past year. And yeah. again, that all comes, it's all being a part of a leader, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think when you go through those ups and downs, like you mentioned, you kind of grow, um, your maturity level grows uh, to a certain extent because you're faced with things that people may not realize. Like, like you said, it may not be in you to jump on someone that might not be your personality but you have to do it and right. and i it might not necessarily be like hey like you do this you do that it may pull be pulling someone to the side and like having that tough conversation with them that you may not you know really want to have you know that might be your best friend but at the end of the day you have to you know you have to show your role 
And, and a lot of people struggle with that. Like I struggled with it for a little while, you know, it, it takes a time to adjust, you know, you have to learn, learn what you're great at and then get better at what you're not. Um, and, and that, that's something that helps your game. Cause again, you, you realize things that you're not, that may not be, um, may not be you, but you have to work on things. Um, and so I think me personally, it kind of, it kind of got me out of my comfort zone, um, yeah, in sure. a way. For and, sure. you know, I, I, I wasn't used to it. And at first it could be, you know, uncomfortable, like, you know, you're excited about the new role, but again, there's those little things where it's like, ah, I got to do this. I got to yeah. do that. And it, it might not, you might not want to do that in a row, but at the end of the day, the team selected you, you know, they yeah. trusted in you. Um, it wasn't you putting your name down. It was someone else. Right. And, and you have to exceed that role. Like you said uh, earlier, you know, everyone can be good at their role, but can you exceed that role? Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, that's something people have to, you know, adjust to, you know, understanding your role. Yeah. Again, we will keep going back to that because it, it, it's a prevalent thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, I think, I think that again, speaks of your character and your player, like you as a player. Um, so after, after being named, you know, the co-captain, you know, you already have high expectations for yourself, you know, did that add to that? You know, what was your expectations going into Louisville after being named co-captain? Yeah. I mean, I just wanted to, uh, I just wanted to have a good year. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I just, and mainly like, I just wanted to get back to the state tournament. That was my mm-hmm. main focus, you know? So I just wanted to do everything that I could um, to get back. And that was part of, you know, being the captain, being the leader, um, showing up every day, working hard, like doing the right things. So um, it made me add a little bit more to my expectations. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like, I, I knew coming in, like, what I wanted to do. So mm-hmm. – um, it, were, it really wasn't that much more of added expectation, I'd say, because at the end of the day, the reason I went there is because I wanted to, I wanted to win mm-hmm. a tournament run. You know what I mean? That was, yeah, that was like my whole focus when I got mm-hmm. there. So um, everything else was just kind of like the process of what it takes to get to that point. So um, it was the expectation that I had. So I wouldn't say it was um, many added expectations, but mm-hmm. uh, it definitely was the main focus for sure. Yeah. Um, so being a player, you know, you always have, you know, personal goals each year, you know, whether you write them down or you have them in your notes, um, or something you think of, you know, as you're going forward, uh, what was your goals again, you know, besides, you know, captain and all that wanting to play and wanting to win, what was your personal goals? Um, I wanted to, I wanted to be a starter. I wanted to be the starting point guard and I wanted to be all defensive selection. See, I thought that would be a big thing. Like I was two time all defensive team at Marshall. Mm -hmm. I was like second and defensive player of the year twice at Marshall. So I really wanted to get like, I wanted to be all defense. Mm -hmm. I would say that was probably the main thing. Like, I had goals, but, like, I don't want to really, like, overthink them or stress about them as much. You know what yeah. I'm saying? The main thing for me was I wanted to come in, like, I wanted to I wanted to be a starter. Yeah. And I wanted to be all defense selection in the ACC. That was mm-hmm. the two things for me. Yeah. Um, and I like I like how you mentioned uh, you don't want to make it too hard on your – not too hard on yourself, but, like, focus too much on your goals. You want it to be simple, something that, like, you can look forward to, you know, try to – you know each day that's what you're you're going for but it's nothing like too crazy to the point where you're stressing it like oh I gotta get this goal like this is I gotta score this amount of points or that like you kept it simple I want to be a starter I want to make ACC uh, all defensive team like mm-hmm. that that was it um you know and I think that that's helpful to you because you're not stressing like in the back of your mind like I have these goals and I have these standards for myself um, and I have to reach those. Um, you know, a lot of people make that mistake of making, you know, five to 10, 10 goals that they want to reach. And if they don't reach it, it's, you know, you can tell, you can like, it's easily to see on their face, their emotion, their play. Um, 
I like how you you mentioned that because you know we all have expectations on ourselves. We all have standards, um, and then on top of that, you add other people's standards. And if you add all of that pressure onto yourself, that that your play goes downhill. Um, exactly. You don't you don't get to play as freely. Um, so kind of like being simple and letting it like kind of free flow. Um, you know, it, it kind of helps your game a little bit. For sure. Um, and, and even, you know, did you make ACC all defensive team? No, No. but let's speak on the, but, you know, even Mm -hmm. though you didn't make that, you still had a heck of a career on defensive, you know, note. Um, I think they said you were listed as like top three in the nation of active, uh, active players in, in, in steals. I think you had, uh, it says 298, um, I think on the year or total total on a career on a career, which is unbelievable. Um, you know, third in the nation. Um, I think you had a ridiculous stat this year. Uh, is it six, five steals against Western Kentucky, which was like the most in Louisville since, uh, Donovan Mitchell in 2017. So like, even though you didn't make that initial go, you still, you know, kind of, not necessarily reached it, but came close to it um, mm-hmm. in a sense to the point where you're like, you still were working towards something. Um, but I, I wanted to congratulate you on that. Again, sure. heck of a college career, you know. Yeah, I think you scored 1,400 points, 37% from the three. Again, let's talk about being able to knock down a, knock down a shot. I mean, you're pushing 40%. Um, not a lot of people can shoot that high at that high rate. Um, mm-hmm. And, and let's speak on the fact that, again, you might not had 10 shots to shoot. You know, right. we're talking limited numbers, which makes your numbers go down. You know, you, you may have five shots and two of them might be threes. Mm-hmm. So we're talking you're almost one for two, one for two each game. Um, let's talk numbers. Let's talk uh, stats. You know, that's ridiculous. Um, you know, people see that number and they wouldn't think like they think like from 100. Like, mm-hmm. oh. That 37% is that's a sharp shooter, you know. Right. Oh, it's saying shooter in all caps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like people don't understand that. Um, so I just wanted to, you know, congratulate you on that, you know, heck of a college career. Um, again, not a lot of people, you know, play. Let's let's, you know, not a lot of people play, let alone have the college career that you did. Uh, so I just wanted to take a time to uh congratulate you on that. Um I appreciate it. You're welcome. And don't um, don't don't be modest up here just because you in front of Mike. I've been watching you play since high school. So <laughs> like you a hooper too. Don't get it twisted. Nah, I mean, nah. We talk about you right now. You know, <laughs> this is Jerry West we got on here. Uh, let's talk about that. You know, and and let's let's move on because we're not done with his we're not done with his career. Um, so moving on, you know, rookie, um, New Zealand. You mm-hmm. you jumped right into that after um your season because uh, I think New Zealand is one of those uh, overseas teams that has like the weird schedule of like yeah. during the summer. Uh, how um how was that for you? You know, first I mean first time really away from home. You know, uh, it was great. I had a great experience. <laughs> um, it was definitely hard. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if I wanted to go out there to be mm-hmm. honest. And, like, even when I got out there at first, like, I was like, mm. I don't really know if this is what I want to do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was one of those things. Like, the whole first week, I'm like, geez, like, yeah. is this really what I want to do? And then 16 hours ahead time zone. So, like, after pretty much, like, after 3 p.m. my time, that's 11 p.m. here. Yeah. It's, like, most people you want to talk to are, like, getting ready to go to sleep. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you may not talk to anybody from back home for over half the day, you know? So, and then like on top of that, I was finishing school. So that Mm -hmm. was like another challenge, but like, it was, I loved it. Country was beautiful. The people were great. And the league was good. Like Mm -hmm. it was a better league probably than I expected because I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. I didn't know much about the league when I went out there, but it Mm -hmm. was like a really good league. Super competitive this year. And, um, but I just had a fun, I, I just had a fun time while I was out there, honestly, like, um, I kind of got my swag back, like got my, my itch back to play, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? 
before I went out there, I really wasn't in a great place mentally, mm-hmm. basketball standpoint. But like mm-hmm. when I got out there, I kind of got that itch to play again. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I was feeling before. And um, I had a great time. I had a great experience. I got close with a lot of the people that I met out there, like all my mm-hmm. teammates, my coaches, the support staff and things like that. I got to see a bunch of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, like, so um, I had a great time. Like, it was a it was a great start for me, like, to start my professional career, being away from home and things like that. Like, it was a perfect starting point for me. Yeah. Can you uh, speak on, like, the day-to-day life of being overseas? Like you mentioned, you were 16 hours ahead. So whatever you were doing over there, you know, we're completely in a different time zone. So we can't really, you know, like you said, you couldn't really communicate with half the people over here throughout your whole day. Um, and, and for someone who is listening, they may not know, you know, what it's like to be overseas. They hear about it, but they don't know anyone that's actually been um, and been through the day-to-day process. Can you kind of speak on that? Um, you know, touch on what it was like. You You said you loved it, but like, what was the biggest challenges while you were over there? Yeah, I think just, I think just being away from like your friends and family, what you know, like being away from what you know mm-hmm. and not really having any real access to it. Like you go to college and I'm like, okay, Marshall's two and a half hours away. Louisville's five hours. Like I'm not at home, but if I need to get home, like I can get home. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like if I need to like talk to my mom or my dad, like, I can get there. If my brother has a game, I can probably make it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like being overseas is like <laughs> you can call them, like, but it may be for a limited time because your schedule is not on the same schedule as theirs. And mm-hmm. like it's just hard because you, you don't have any real access to them. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like you're really you're on your own. Yeah. You know what I mean? And again it's part of growing up so like it happens eventually but it's just hard like you're so far away you know what i mean that's really the main challenge like i think for me is just being so far away from your friends and your family what you know Mm -hmm. what you do like once you get your routine like basketball wise it all kind of like it gets easier from that standpoint you know what i mean like you get your routine you work out you lift you go to practice things like that you know your game schedule so you kind of get into that rhythm and that flow of what you're doing. But, like, it's still hard because, like, you have a game at 7. Like, I don't get to call my parents and my brother <laughs> and be, like, talk to them about it. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. sleep. So yeah. it's, like, one of those things. And then, like, by the time they wake up, you're going to sleep. So <laughs> you don't get to talk to them about it or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. For the next day. So um, it's one of those things. Like, it's the, that, I would say that's probably the biggest challenge being away and like being on your own and stuff really having to like grow up you know what I'm saying yeah you're really um I mean I can't speak for it but it's almost like you're lonely over there um you kind of have to restart your life in in a different environment um because again you know we're in completely opposite time zones so you're 16 hours ahead so I'm going to sleep while you're waking up or, you know, yeah. there's only a little bit of time, you know, that you could, you know, fit in, in each other's schedule. Um, and speaking on schedules, like, is it any similarities to college basketball to pro basketball? Like, are you lifting? Like, you know, like the day to day life in college, is it similar to the day and day life of professional basketball? I would say the day to day life is probably pretty similar, mm-hmm. but like, it's tough because the league I just came from is like one game a week, maybe two. Mm-hmm. So like you'll play like every Friday or Saturday or something like that and practice throughout the week, which is very different from college. As you know, you know what I'm yeah. saying? You can play up to three games mm-hmm. in a week college. So, um, and maybe not really practice that much because you have so many games, you're just trying to stay healthy and stay loose and stuff like that. So yeah. that was probably the biggest difference. Like, not that we practiced, like, a ton of practice. Yeah. I mean, like, not that it was, like, um, like overdoing practice or anything like that. But it's just, like, you're pretty much preparing the whole week for one game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, like, that's probably the thing that is the biggest difference, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the day-to-day goes, though, like, you get your workouts in. 
you you go to the gym, you lift, you know what I'm saying? You get in the weight room. Like, you practice, you get your shots up after practice. Like, kind of similar stuff in that sense. Um, maybe more so on your own time, not as mm-hmm. much scheduled stuff. Yeah. But um, it's still pretty much pretty similar, I'd say. Mm-hmm. The one game a week versus the two or three that you play in college, that's a big difference. Yeah. And and I'll kind of speak on uh, the one game a week in college. I think that's, like, typically, like, when you first start. Um, yeah. It's, like, non-conference. And I always hated that part. Yeah. Like you said, you're always practicing versus play. And when you when you move into the conference, like that's the fun part. Mm-hmm. You're like playing two games a week, so it's like yep. practice, like semi practice because you're preparing game, semi practice right. game, yeah. rest day. Like that's when it gets fun. Um, yep. Not saying practice isn't fun, but nah, everyone, sure. I would I would say everyone likes to play versus practice. Um, so that that's definitely the fun part. Um, so you just finished up, you, you just came back home. Uh, when did you come back home? I think I got back, uh, August 18th. Okay. So not, not too long yeah, ago. Is, yeah. Not too long ago. And again, mentioning, you know, who you are as a player, who are, who you are as, um, you know, your character speaks value. Again, I, I seen that you were at Marshall, um, recently. And again, it speaks on you, the program at Marshall, um, your bond that you created. Um, you didn't, I mean, you didn't finish your last year there, but you did graduate from there. Mm-hmm. But you still, you know, showed love. Um, that speaks very highly of you. Um, a lot of people don't mention that. They don't know or understand that that goes a long way. They see, oh, you you last went to Louisville. Like that's, you know, he must not, you know, still talk to the people at Marshall. Um he may not be cool with the coaches because he transferred. It's not necessarily, you know, that like when you transfer, it doesn't mean, you know, that you're losing bonds or you didn't get along with people. Um, but I, I just wanted to mention that when you came home, like that was one of you've only been home for almost a month. And, and that was like one of your first stops, I would say, um, that speaks highly of you, um, that program and the people that that is still at Marshall. For sure. For sure. Um, moving forward, you know, you just got back. What can we expect um, from now and until, you know, your next move? Or can we see you going back overseas? Yeah, so, um, like, I'm finalizing some stuff right now. Like, yeah. You don't have to speak on that. <laughs> I'm kind of, like, keeping it on the hush because it's not like, you know what I'm saying? I'm just yeah. trying to make sure everything gets taken care of. No. Um, I'm expecting to leave, like, pretty soon. Oh, okay. Okay. To go overseas. So, um, okay. Yeah, like, just further my professional career, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm still a rookie, like, because, <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it's yeah. I even forget sometimes. Like, I played, a, like, a season, but, like, I'm still in my rookie season. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty much just getting started, you know? Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, I'm excited. Um, a little nervous, a little anxious, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I'm ready for it. Um, I'm supposed to leave here soon, so. Okay. Yeah, we'll be getting going pretty soon okay by the time everyone's listening to this episode you'll probably be um on your way or you know situated so that'll be um congratulations to you on that um wherever you end up uh we'll definitely keep up with that um again I just want to thank you um for taking time on here you know out of your day you know you're you're preparing to go you know overseas or do whatever um so you have a busy schedule you know you're working out you're training and stuff like that so I just wanted to thank you uh for taking the time to hop on here um congratulate you on your heck of a career and you know you're keeping you're keeping um you're keep going uh in your professional career I'm sure it's it's definitely going to be another you know great one um just following your footsteps of you know high school to college to now um, so I'm definitely excited to see where you end up. Uh, and um, on this, can you, you know, where you're at now, can you give some words of encouragement sir, to um, younger generations or people who's listening that, you know, may inspire to be, uh, have a college career like you or, or be where you're at today? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think like, you know, coming from West Virginia, we're not like in a big market, 
you know what I'm saying? Like, there's only two Division One schools in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, we may not have the resources or the popularity that other states have when mm-hmm. it comes to basketball and things like that. So, I say for me, it's just like really just you have to separate yourself with your work ethic, and if you really want to do the things that you say you want to do, like you got to live that lifestyle. I think one of the things that bothers me about younger kids now is like I feel like they don't compete as hard yeah or or work as hard you know what I mean like I'll see some kids work out or watch them play and I just don't really think like they quite understand like what it takes for what it is that they say they want to do yeah and like it's one thing if you're just doing it because um you just do it for fun it's a Mm -hmm. hobby or you just want to be a decent high school player you know what i'm saying whatever but for the people who really have the dreams the goals the big aspirations that they say they have like at some point in your life there's going to come a time where you got to separate yourself and the main way to do that is with your work ethic and how you live your lifestyle um not everybody can do that people have a hard time people have a hard time doing that but um that's where it starts for me and i think just working hard and creating those habits and doing those things at an early age, set yourself up long-term for the success that you want to have. Thank you again, Jared. Uh, stay tuned for, you know, more episodes to come and in different uh, interviews with other people. Um, but that, that is it for today. I appreciate you having me, Aaliyah. It's good to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.